Should you be buying Broncos uh, quarterback Russell Wilson during the 2023 offseason? All that more in this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs uh, helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Today, we are starting our AFC West preview, starting with the Denver Broncos, who, man, they've got a lot of interesting players on this team going into the 2023 season. But let's start with Russell Wilson. Uh, Kate, are you buying or selling Wilson going into the season? I'm buying Russell Wilson and I do like it. Let's, let's be clear. Um, it's not a buy based on the fact that uh, he performed just so far above expectations in 2022. Uh, he had an abysmal season uh, career, uh, like dead last in career ranks for uh, like his completion rate, uh, his, his touchdown interception ratio, passer rating, all of that was uh, career low for him in 2022 um, didn't have a lot of success. Nathaniel Hackett experiment was a disaster. Um, not to mention like Russell Wilson himself, like kind of a disaster. We heard some yeah. of those rumors that uh, he was calling Seahawks audibles there in the huddle, like some kind of weird stuff uh, coming out, but I do want to just like take a beat and go back to the perception of Russell Wilson before he headed up with the Denver Broncos. Cause I do think uh, generally speaking, when you're looking at his value at quarterback 19, he kind of feels like the perfect QB too. Like it, this was his first year in a new offensive system. It was a disaster. Uh, but when you look at the arrival of Sean Payton, when you look at the, like some of these offensive weapons, Jerry, Judy, Javante Williams, went healthy, uh, Marvin Mims, who we were ridiculously high on coming out of the draft. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of potential here in this offense. And I think that Sean Payton is going to be a difference maker. Now it, 2018 to 2021 prior to that disastrous season, he had 50% of his games as a top 12 quarterback. So QB one performances. When you look at that breakdown of, of how he finished in terms of QB one QB two and the percentage of games that he ranked there, he was actually really, really quite comparable to Kyler Murray, who's got uh, it, he was QB five last season like that. That's kind of where we're looking at him from a, a fantasy production standpoint. It can't get any worse than 2022. I'm just thinking when we consider the offensive personnel and the arrival of Sean Payton, how is he not a value at QB 19? This one I struggle with because. You're right. There, I think there's a very good chance that he finishes better than QB like 19 for the next two or three years, right? But what's the upside here? Like, is there any chance he finishes as a top 12 quarterback? I, I think the answer is no Absolute. because – Absolutely. 
Okay, make That's, the case. We will disagree there. Make the case. How, how does how does he do that this year? I mean, hey, we're we're gonna need him to to revert back to some of his his previous skill set, right? Like career average touchdown percentage, five point nine percent. He threw three point three percent of his passes went for touchdowns last year. Um, like I'm expecting some regression back to the mean here for Russell Wilson. Um, and I, I think that is step one and getting him back to a, a top 12 quarterback performance. Obviously I don't have expectations that he's going to finish as a top five quarterback, but to close out the season, uh, three of his last four games played, he was a top five quarterback last year. Now it didn't really help you much because he was, either probably like in a redraft leagues, he was on waivers uh, or by this point, you know, he finished right around QB 20 through the first, you know, 12 games of the season didn't help you out. So you probably found some other options if you were contending. So again, didn't really get uh, your bang for your buck there for Russell Wilson, but he actually had kind of a strong finish to the season. And again, I keep going back to, I, I love Jerry Judy. I, I He was in contention for one of my dynasty buys. Wide receiver 28, just 24 yep. years old. Had a, a really, really solid 22 campaign despite bad quarterback play, despite being one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Like, again, if this is, you know, if we're going to get like QB 20, 25-ish out of Russell Wilson in literally the most disastrous campaign that I feel like I can remember and most disappointing campaign from a quarterback I can remember. We know we, we have a better sample size and a much bigger sample size of Russell Wilson actually being a productive quarterback than we do have him being a, a poor quarterback. So, I have to expect some regression back to the mean. I think there is going to be some passing production back to the, to the mean, as you suggested, my, my issue is the running. Um, we saw early in his career, I mean, there was a, there was a couple seasons in there, Kate, where he was averaging. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Look at the 2014 season. He averaged 53 rushing yards per game. Do you know how many he averaged last year? 18. Was it many? 18. Over the last two years, he's averaging 15 rushing yards per game. He turns 35 this season. That part of his game is just kind of gone, right? So now he's got to be a volume passer. And we've even seen guys like Kirk Cousins, who is a volume passer, struggle to be a top 10, top 12 quarterback, you know, every single year. So I, I, I think the Broncos are going to want to run the crap out of the ball. I think they're going to want to make Russell Wilson very much a game manager. So if you're not having the volume and you're not having the rushing production anymore, I just don't see the upside. So I, it's not that I'm, I'm selling him because you look at the quarterbacks kind of behind him and it's pretty gross. I mean, there are a couple guys that I like, like Jordan Love, uh, Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, but I, I I would rather. Do you think any of those guys have as high upside as a passer, though? Because I think there's a pretty no, but big I, I don't know if it matters. From... I don't. I, if if Desmond Ritter rushes for thirty yards a game, I'm not sure it's going to matter. I think that's fair. Is there any uh, any? Do you put any uh, stock in the fact that Russell Wilson had offseason knee surgery? Um, I think it's going to help some... him just move around in the pocket a little bit better and take fewer sacks. But he's he's going to be thirty five. Like, do we? I just can't envision him being very mobile this year, right? I don't think he necessarily needs to be 
overly mobile. Cause again, I, I look back and I, I think, you know, his competency in most seasons, not last season, uh, as a passer, you know, can, can make up for some of that. I don't think we're going to get like 2017 rushing production, 2014 rushing production, but I like every single season, each of the last four seasons, at least two rushing touchdowns, three or more, um, in, in three of the last six seasons. Like, I I think again, it's not, it's not a, a, it's not a sexy pick, but again, he's, he's QB 19. You don't need him to do much to perform as QB 19. But when you look at the the players that he's throwing to, I, I think, you know, when we project some of that efficiency to increase, it's really hard to see yeah. like a world where Russell Wilson doesn't provide some value there, especially as your QB two. Just to clean this up a little bit, if you're in a super flex league, I can see how he has some value. If you're in a start one QB league, even if it's a 12 or 14 team league, I just don't see the appeal for Russell Wilson uh, just because there's just not a lot of upside there. So uh, let's talk about somebody that we we both maybe are agreeing on that you should sell this offseason next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job uh, and for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is post your job and then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we are back here talking about the Denver Broncos. Um, Kate, you and I disagreed on Russell Wilson, whether you should be buying or selling. But I've got a feeling that we're going to be uh, in agreement here at uh, you know for a certain wide receiver that you should sell. And who is that? That is wide receiver Cortland Sutton, who, let's just be clear, it's not like you can get a ton for Cortland Sutton right now. He's being drafted in Dynasty Startups on average as wide receiver 50, which, very interestingly, just one spot behind uh, Denver Broncos wide receiver Marvin Mims, again, who we have been absurdly high on uh, throughout this entire process, but the value for Cortland Sutton, like he's his ADP has literally never been lower in his entire career. Um, But my goal here, um, you know, is to literally just get him off my team. 64 receptions, uh, 829 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns throughout the entire 2022 season. He had one fantastic breakout year, Um, you know, 1100 receiving yards, six touchdowns, made the Pro Bowl, incredibly exciting. But it was a very efficient year, um, which when you look at his career stats, right? Like it, that 22 yards per reception, huge anomaly for mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton um, in terms of his production. 
They also have a lot of weapons, right? Like we mentioned, Jerry, Judy, Marvin Mims, Tim Patrick, who, you know, just continues to get the most glowing reviews. I don't think there's a spot here for Cortland Sutton to be productive and be a center point in this team. And I also like I Marcus, I would not be surprised. It it feels very much to me like um maybe not as as extreme, but he feels like a Kenny Galladay type hmm. uh value drop that we're gonna yeah. see. Like it, I, I would be shocked, okay, if he's on this team next year. I, I would be shocked. And frankly, I I'm kind of gonna be shocked if he's on this team past the trade deadline. It feels Agreed. very much like they're bringing because they've had trade conversations. Like it's been very public about Cortland Sutton. It feels like they're going to bring him to the training camp, wait for another team to suffer an injury or have somebody disappoint, and that's when they're going to move him. But I, I just don't see how on a team that's going to use two tight end sets and then has Jerry Judy traded up for Marvin Mims. They have Tim Patrick, who's universally loved. They have KJ Hamler, where Cortland Sutton fits on this team. And really quickly, you mentioned how you just want him off of his team. I'm going to bring up a trade that I made literally on Friday. I, I'm in a – it's a 14-player uh, league where you, you only have 14 spots in your entire roster. Salary cap league, he had a decent salary. I just – I gave him away for nothing. Like literally no asset coming back just because he's one of those kind of roster blockers where I'm, I'm never going to feel comfortable starting him. Um, I want to play some young guys and develop some young guys on my bench. I'm just moving on, right? I, and I know he's, you know, going to be somebody that's going to probably be better than my bench guys. But there's just not a lot of upside here, Kate. It's a, a there's so much volatility here. There is so much, um, it, you know. I, I I just think there's so much disappointment here for yeah. what we expected from Cortland Sutton, and I just don't know. I I don't see the upside in his trajectory this point as an NFL wide receiver. Um, I, I think, you know, what we saw in 2022 is probably going to be some of the best we see from Cortland Sutton for the rest of his career. Unless and- he gets traded to a situation that is just so much more advantageous for him. But I mean, I thought that would potentially be Baltimore, but that doesn't seem like the case after they signed uh, Odell, they drafted Zay Flowers. Maybe it's one of these things where, you know, Buffalo gets an injury to Gabe Davis early in the year and they trade for somebody like Sutton to kind of take over that role. But outside of that, I I, I don't see why he's going as wide receiver 50. That just feels crazy to me. He's a big play guy. And I like, again, I think people get, get, you know, uh, wrapped up in that sort of big playability, but he doesn't have, you know, a, a high catch rate, right? A six, average uh, 56.8% catch rate over his entire career. Um, not a touchdown scorer to help, yeah. um, you know, like sometimes with a lot of these big play guys, like, you know, y- you can sort of justify maybe some of that lack of efficiency because the touchdown, you know, usage is there. The the hmm. He's never scored more than six touchdowns in a season. He doesn't even give you that aspect of his game. He's not a volume guy. What does he bring to your fantasy roster? I don't think any. So, yeah, this is going to be my opportunity. I will literally – I don't think anybody's specifically trading for Cortland Sutton right no. now, but he's a guy that I'm going to squeeze into a trade, it, you know, maybe just tip just the scales a, a little bit. As just a, a, a filler in. almost, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just mention really quickly, the guy that I'm selling the most on this offense is Javante Williams. Being drafted as RB15, I think that's absolutely insane. We, we've seen 
the same situation play out just you know last year with J.K. Dobbins, right? J.K. Dobbins coming back from a major injury, struggled all year to get healthy, and didn't really give you anything. And now we're going into year four of J.K. Dobbins having no idea what's going on. I envision a similar thing for Javante Williams, where year two, he had the injury. Year three, he's back on the field, but not quite the same. Maybe by year four is when he starts to take off. But if I can sell him as RB15 and, you know, package him together to get, you know, a running back that I trust more, like a Josh Jacobs or a Nick Chubb or a Tony Pollard, that's what I'm doing instead. It's hard because you see the upside with Javante Williams, one of the most elusive running backs in the game of football right now. But it hasn't all come together. It's tough. I think he's just going to be one of those guys where, and you're always hoping this year that it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to break out. And then maybe it does in, in 2024, but then you're talking about a running back on the final year of his contract to to the Broncos, give him a long-term deal. There's just so many unknowns about him this year and in the future that I, I would prefer to sell now while his value is still relatively high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not great. Uh, yeah. All right, okay, let's talk about somebody that we're going to hold from this offense, maybe at the same position as Javante mm. Williams next. All right, we are wrapping up our preview of the Denver Broncos uh, every day. So we want to thank you for listening to the show. want to let you know that Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday to do some uh, some of the Raiders, some Chiefs breakdowns. Kate, you and I back on Thursday to talk about the Chargers as we wrap up our preview series. But let's talk about those Broncos. Which player are you holding right now in Dynasty for the Denver Broncos? It's got to be Samaj P. Ryan for me. And- 100%. Like, it's actually hard. So, Marcus, when I was researching for this show this morning, uh, looking up his Dynasty ADP, I was a little surprised. I think he's actually being drafted a little further ahead than I would be comfortable. So, like, almost towing that sell line, RB43 in the most recent batch of Dynasty startup. I definitely think uh, the knowledge that Javante Williams isn't fully healthy is, is influencing uh, some of his startup ADP being drafted right around players like Khalil Herbert, Chase Brown, Damian Harris, who I would frankly prefer over. Oh, Herbert is absurd, right? But we've been on the Khalil Herbert bandwagon all off season. Yes. And, and like the, the thing is he's the backup to Javante Williams. We know he's not healthy, but when you look at the rest of the depth chart too, he's not just the only asset that I think could sort of function as the Broncos lead back while they, they, you know, ease Williams back into this offense. You know, he continues to get more comfortable with his knee, but he's also a guy that I could picture, especially in a Sean Payton offense, just continued involvement as like, you know, a guy with some receiving upside that maybe you can slot in as like an RB three RB four with some upside on any given week. Like, you know, I think Sean Payton's career with, you know, the saints, we, we saw a lot of passing production, but as Drew Brees started to age a little bit, the defense improved. This was a run team. This like this emphasis on the run was so apparent, never ranked lower in 17th in, in Russia times, ranked top five in three of his five final seasons with the team uh, in terms of rushing attempts ranked as the number one overall rushing touchdown team uh, producer in three of his five final seasons. Like, that was the identity. I don't know 
I think we're probably going to see, you know, a a nice balance within this offense. But Sean Payton is more than capable of establishing the run. And I think that for, you know, what you're looking at with Samaj P. Ryan, you know, like over the last two seasons, he's had four games with 15 or more scrimmage touches. And he, he, you know, averaged, uh, what it was 20 fantasy points per game. Like I'll take that. I'll take that all day. Look what happened uh, last year when Joe Mixon was out of the lineup in Cincinnati. Samaj P. Ryan came in and was very good. But once Joe Mixon got back, it wasn't like Joe Mixon was the only guy, right? It's, because Samaje is so good on in the passing game and he's reliable, right? He's going to block. He's going to catch. He kind of endears himself to, to a coaching staff. And Sean Payton is very much the guy where he wants players on the field that he can trust. And if yep. Javante hasn't improved as a pass protector, he's not being as dyna- dynamic as a receiver, you're going to see Samaje Pirine on the field a lot, maybe a lot more than you expect. And in any game that he starts by himself, he's going to project as a really high-end RB2. So for a running back that's being drafted outside of the top 40, it's pretty good. But again, I'm, I'm probably not going out to buy him knowing that it's very, very much a – you might be only getting a three-week starter in somebody who is splitting the load with Javante Williams. Yeah, and I, I think the the sort of caveats here that you need to consider, like how many running backs are you required to start in your dynasty league? How deep are your bunches? Um, you know, if, if this is a RB heavy league, um, then I think that gives, you know, Samaje Piran a little bit more value because he probably will see a decent amount of, of targets, touches as uh, the year carries on. I don't think he is going to just poof, disappear. And I think a P- he has to be somebody that you value in PPR leagues. In a non-PPR league, I just don't think he really carries any value at all. Yep, absolutely. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen of the day. Again, every day, Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday. Kate, you and I back on Thursday to talk about those new-look chargers with Kellen Ooh. Moore running the offense there. Should be a lot of fun. I uh, want to let you know that we are free and available on all platforms. Check out our show on YouTube. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.